This is J.G. Hertz, the General Mar Talker on Deep Space Nine, and you're listening to Trek FM. Hello and welcome to Season 5, Episode 19 of Commentary, Trek Stars, a show which deals with the work of Star Trek creators outside of Star Trek. I'm Mike. I'm John. And I'm Max. And today is part four, five in our series on William Shatner, (laughs) where we look at uh, his um, portrayals of himself in various movies to theoretically create a cohesive continuity. And today is... Or not. I guess we'll see. Today is the fourth film in the Shatner Cinematic Universe, Dodgeball, a true underdog story. So, uh, there is some debate as to whether or not this one actually counts, because there's some debate as to whether or not William Shatner actually does play himself in this particular film, but we'll get into that later on. Uh, Now, John... I know you're a big fan of Dodgeball. Would you like to give a synopsis of the film? Yes. Uh, Ben Stiller runs an evil giant uh, mega gym that wants to run poor defenseless Vince Vaughn's gym out of existence. And uh, they wind up getting into a dodgeball tournament in Vegas. And, of course, it's the uh, since it's a true underdog story, it's about an underdog fighting against the odds to, uh, to win that dodgeball tournament and keep their identity, keep their gym going. It's like Rocky. Yes. It it is kind of like Rocky in a lot of ways or not. <laughs> there are some differences, some similarities. Uh, yes, yes, that is, that is that is true. That is true. So, yeah, this was written and directed by Rawson Marshall Thurber and it stars Ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn, Christine Taylor is in it. Rip Torn, Justin Long, Stephen Root, lots of people. Alan Tudyk, Missy Pyle. So um, let's just talk about our general uh, thoughts about this movie. Uh, Max, what are your thoughts on Dodgeball? Um, I had no feelings about this movie while watching it until the very end when they played the deus ex machina joke. And I thought, you know what? I'm on board now. <laughs> Where was the Deus Ex Machina joke? I don't think I remember that. It's basically the trophy. Yeah. Okay, I, 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 someone needs to explain that to me. I missed that. What's going on? It's literally labeled Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't even see that. Really? I guess that shows how much I was paying attention. <laughs> Man, when Shatner's not on screen, you're like, whatevs, you guys. I'm going to go make a out. sandwich. Just tuning out. No, 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 no. I, here's what it was. When Shatner was on screen, and, and my wife can attest to this because I, she walked in the door while I was watching it. You were just I furiously was, sketching him in the nude. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but like one while I was girls. doing that, I was sitting like on the ottoman in front of the TV, really super close, like as close as I could get, because I was desperately trying to read his name tag. To see if you could see it, see whether or not it said William Shatner on it. But it was teeny, 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 tiny print, and I think it actually said Dodgeball Chancellor on there. So that was no help. They were going to make you work for it. Yeah. But we'll talk about that later. So, okay, so not a huge fan in general, Max, or did that one joke uh, redeem uh, the movie for you? Well, I mean, it's one of those movies. Um, there are a number of these, kind of like, like a lot of a lot of movies that Ben Stiller gets involved in. There's sort of like like the the there's the dichotomy. There are the ones that are kind of just joke factories, and the ones that are joke factories with characters. This one's basically just a joke factory, and I can sort of take those or leave those. Uh, like I I. I can leave Zoolander. Some people love it. Um, you know, I don't really have strong feelings about a lot of Ben Stiller stuff. This is one of those things where like, I, I wouldn't have had strong feelings one way or the other, but uh, that one joke 
um, basically made it so that, like, I would say, yeah, if you're going to watch one of those dumb Ben Stiller movies, this one's okay. Okay. All right. Now, what about you, John? I take it that your opinion is uh, much stronger than Max's. Yeah, I love Dodgeball. I think it's hysterical. But I willingly attest to the fact that uh, I think that anything that touches on slapstick humor, uh, anything that touches on, you know, just the the if you can dodge a wrench you can dodge a ball if you can dodge traffic you can dodge a ball like their training sequence um i remember seeing this in the movie theater with my wife and uh just embarrassing her because i was laughing so hard at the different jokes you know like people people you know like i'm the guy that watches three stooges and like laughs hysterically or the last 10 minutes of home alone like i'm crying i'm laughing so hard this this is the type of humor i'm in for i love that type of stuff it's like a live, it's like a live action Bugs Bunny cartoon or something. Aren't the last ten okay. minutes of Home Alone like his family arriving and that the heartbreaking like reuniting of a, a, a <laughs> found of, like, it a, like a separated funny. family for, and like a child who was terrified that his family was lost forever and like this funny. old guy reuniting with his child. I mean, like it's you were laughing hysterically during. Home I Alone? was. I You're just a found serial they, killer. <laughs> I'm actually the real man with the shovel in the neighborhood. That but uh, the rumors are true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, Home Alone was shot in the town that Max and I grew up in, and uh, my, the, that that choir that the uh, not the house the, though, the, not the house, but the the choir that the um, the little girl is in. That was actually my mom's uh, choir. Uh, church choir and um so like my cousin is in there and everything and i was in that choir but they only wanted girls i was gonna say isn't it a girls oh, well. choir <laughs> yes spoilers still still bitter we've got about something that coming one, up but... for the season finale <laughs> <laughs> but what can you do <laughs> um okay well i i think that i i kind of fall in the middle uh on this movie between the two of you um you know, John, I don't think that if you're a big fan of slapstick, I don't think that that our senses of humor are similar because I can't stand slapstick. Honestly, I just don't think it's funny. It's a personal preference. Me. I yeah, get it. Per- I get personal it. preference. And, and, and I mean, like the whole if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball like that to me, like is funny. But then when he's actually like whipping the wrenches at them, I'm just like. I don't know. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's I'm hilarious in the trailer. Because the idea is hilarious. But like yes. 30 seconds in, you're like, okay, I got the joke. <laughs> it's like it's like Charlie Chaplin, you know, all the way up through like Three Stooges and stuff. I'm just like, I I can't do this, you know? And I think that's that's where the movie kind of falters for me. There's a lot of stuff in it that I do like. Um, kind of the... The, a, a lot of the, the gags and stuff like that and sort of the um, uh, humorous take on professional sports or, or, or whatever you want to call them. Yocho. Yeah, you know, yeah. that type of thing I, I think is, is really cool. Um, more than anything else, what this movie wants me to do, like the, the first thing that I think of is like, why isn't professional dodgeball a thing, you know? And I wonder what that would look like. Because there's like a lot of sports where like people play them casually and then they're in their backyard and then like they're Olympic sports and you see the Olympians play them and it's like, whoa, so that's what it looks like when like the most skilled (laughs) athletes in the world play ping pong. Okay. Yeah. That's weird. You know, I think, I think the reason why professional dodgeball isn't a thing is because if you imagine like the arms race of any particular sport, uh, the, the, the acceleration of skill in any particular team would result in serious permanent injuries. Yeah, the actual, idea actual is to damage throw to a, a ball at someone's body, and like that, you would end up with like deaths quickly. <laughs> but those, <laughs> yeah, but those <laughs> balls are very soft. You can get those whipped at your head. Yes, and, it and when matter. somebody tackles you, they're just tackling you. But if you hit someone hard enough, you can kill them just from the inertia. And if you took a guy who can pitch a ball 100 miles an hour and put a dodgeball in his hand and that person whipped that ball as fast as they could at your head you could die 
Well, I don't know. You know, I mean, it would be a, a work in progress kind of thing, but that's the type of thing where I'm like curious as to like, yeah. that's what like I think well, of when I watch this movie, which is like, what would that look like? I imagine there'd be a lot more catching of would, balls. Would they encourage or discourage steroids, do you think? I think they'd probably discourage it, you know? I don't know. Even even, even in the movie, they discourage it, right? Yeah, they, they win would, their they, first match. Oh, please. There's no way those people at, uh, at Globo Gym weren't on roids. Come on, man. Okay. All right, yeah. I'm sure those but they had the in. back. Huh? They they had the in, right? Because they said that uh, he's friends with the dodgeball chancellor. Let's figure out the oh, plausibility yeah. of this scenario before we move on with the debate. They also said it was random testing, so who's to say? But <laughs> We are debating drug testing and dodgeball. <laughs> well, because, you know, why wouldn't you? But that's the thing that's really interesting to me about it. Uh, I'd like to see everybody the, on one team come out with, like, brass neck braces. <laughs> So that when they get hit in the head, it doesn't break their spine. And they, you can't. You, you could. can't do that. You could. Well, no. The balls are the same consistency as like kickballs, and kickballs yeah. can hurt yes. when you when and they you hit can, you in the head. And you can seriously damage your spine by just having a like a small collision in your car at ten miles an hour. If you put somebody who's strong enough into that field and they throw it hard enough, you could seriously injure somebody. Surely there would be injuries, dodgeball injuries. But I mean, I mean, let's just think about you know the fact that a baseball goes you know a hundred miles an hour, and that thing mm-hmm. is really really hard, and oftentimes hits people um, in various places where they shouldn't get hit, yep. and you know it's painful, but yeah, it, it very can... rarely results in death. Well, I mean, there there are a lot of reasons why it doesn't happen. The main one is that you're not aiming at the person. Aim, right. Hitting the person yeah. is considered a failure. If you inverted that priority structure and you made hitting the, the batter a good thing, batters would be permanently harmed that afternoon. The day that rule comes down, people would be leaving the sport permanently. <laughs> I guess so. I don't know. I really don't see it as being any harsher than, say, football. But no, it's not. Me. It's not. <laughs> yeah, football's dark secret is that it is really, really bad for you, and oh, yes. there yeah, for are sure. plenty of serious injuries that happen regularly. It's not even yeah, a secret. I, it's like it's in no, the paper. True. They're like, here are the yeah, serious yeah. injuries suffered by football players yesterday, and it's six pages long. <laughs> Well, and that informs who goes in my fantasy rock. Ooh, fantasy dodgeball. Would that be a thing, do you think? Sure, why Probably. wouldn't it be? I assume. I would I also, immediately pick Gandalf. <laughs> mm-hmm. He would be really I also good. Think, I also think that if they were to do this professionally, it would be more like uh, kind of volleyball is, where like a match consists of multiple games because these games would go by really fast, you know? Oh, sure. You need to, but anyway, regardless of any of that, uh, the other thing that this this movie really um, sort of inspires in me is a desire to play dodgeball. Oh yeah, because I remember liking it a lot when I was a kid, and uh, why wouldn't you want to play this sport? I loved it. I thought it was a great game. I and I, I was think, to speak to Max's point. I was the one that people wanted because I did throw the ball awfully hard, and people would <laughs> cower and hide. <laughs> now I was terrible at catching, though. And yeah. uh, I was not the fastest person, so I had to knock people out real quick. Otherwise, I was down. You know, like if I was, everybody targeted me, and I was done really quickly if I couldn't knock them out. Uh, See, quicker. I think we'd make a good team because I was good at dodging. There like you go. I could yeah. stay in the game for a really long time, and I was good at catching. So, hey, yeah, we're yeah. all right. We're forming a dodgeball league. All right, I think, I think that we yes. should. I mean, we could have like a. A Trek FM team, we could take on like Trekmate. Yeah, I mean that would be pretty awesome, right? Yeah, I'm down with when that. When we're off mic, I'm gonna ask you guys if you guys know where to score some roids. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't, as you can probably tell by my physique. But you know, whatever. Um, speaking of roids, <laughs> there's a very interesting sequence which plays out oh, yeah. completely differently. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I think was intended 10 years ago. Yeah, much funnier when, now. <laughs> yeah. When uh, Vince Vaughn, who's at his lowest point and decides to quit uh, the game, 
um, is visited uh, in in the airport by Lance Armstrong, played by himself. And Lance Armstrong talks about how um, you know he's a big fan and uh, asks him why he's quitting. And he, you know, Vince Vaughn says, you know, well, well, things are really bad. And and Lance Armstrong is like, I can understand that. You know, I almost quit when I had um, brain, lung and testicular cancer simultaneously. But, you know, I didn't. But I'm sure you have a good reason for quitting. And, um, you know, it's there's nothing wrong with quitting because uh, then you'll have something that you regret for the rest of your life. And. Um, yeah, I, 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 I want to throw out there too, that he, he actually has the, as part of his, uh, as part of his lines, he says he, he got back on the bike and with the love and support of his wife and family won the tour yeah. to France. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, add a little worked, something extra there, Lance. Like five, five times or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Very, very strange, you know? I mean, not, not to dump on Lance Armstrong, you know, I mean, like, oh, honestly, like, if I if I came back from you know, brain, lung, and testicular cancer, and you know, r- what participated in the Tour de France, I'd be like, screw all of you people. But then again, I probably wouldn't um, dope either, right? Yeah, for me, it's the lie. It's the fact that he lied. He was busted yeah. and he kept lying, and it's just you know, that's the problem. Yeah, but regardless, I just thought that was a funny scene. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It was actually probably now the funniest scene in the movie. But oh yeah, yeah, I would agree actually. <laughs> and and that kind of leads into. Uh, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Who cares? <laughs> in into the next uh, s- segment of of this this t- discussion, which is um, William Shatner's performance and the fact that there are a lot of people in this movie who play themselves in, you know, cameos or semi extended cameos. You've got Lance Armstrong. You've got David Hasselhoff, who's the coach of the German team. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, Chuck Norris, who is a uh, judge. And then there's William Shatner. And William Shatner is weird because there's it's the, this gray area where they never refer to him as William Shatner. And um, uh, they, but they never refer to him by any other name other than Dodgeball Chancellor. Regardless of any of this, William Shatner is in the movie as the dodgeball chancellor for, um, well, I guess one extended sequence. Yeah. Um, kind of, kind of like his appearance in Showtime. Uh, so, Max, what what did you think about William Shatner's performance here? Um. Not much, actually. I mean, when I first saw the movie, I didn't really think much about it. I thought, oh, it's fun that he's playing a goofy character again. And the idea that he's playing a version of himself seems sort of like, well, yeah, obviously. I mean, if you're going to put William Shatner in a comedy, you want him to play some sort of version of himself. Which is sort of interesting in the way that he played Denny Crane, because gradually I think Denny Crane became William Shatner. Which is a weird sort of racial mm-hmm. relationship there, mm-hmm. but or did William Shatner become Denny Crane? I don't think that there's a difference mm-hmm. between those two things. Okay, that's right. six of one. William Shatner is the other, so <laughs> it's a it, it's it's a it's a difference which without a uh, differentiation. I'm just going to keep mangling phrases until somebody calls me on it. Um, I, you know, I thought I thought that his appearance was funny. I thought he was clever as this bizarre presence, because in a weird way, him William Shatner being the Chancellor of Dodgeball is equally plausible as there being professional dodgeball. Mm-hmm. And that and that's kind of like what they play around with here, with you know, uh, well, all of the the other cameos. But again, that's something that we can get to later. Um. John, what about you? Well, I mean, to to speak to Max's point, it is plausible because I remember a video that uh, my my cousin bought just at, as a joke, but it was William Shatner's paintball tournament, mm-hmm. and I remember wasting half of a day 
slowly watching through that thing saying, why am I watching this? So it's completely plausible to me that in this uh, dodgeball league, he would be the chancellor. Because William Shatner loves getting himself out there and he loves making a buck. And like you said, they never call him by any other name. And therefore, I think it, given the fact that he has this uh, paintball thing in his uh, resume, totally plausible to me that this is William Shatner. Just it's one of a side gig for him of being the dodgeball chancellor. That's fair enough. Uh, the, the dodgeball thing happened about a year or so prior to this. It was actually done in paintball a suburb thing. of Chicago. Sorry, paintball thing, yes. It was actually done in a suburb of Chicago um, and was sort of co-hosted by Man Cow Muller. Don't give mm-hmm. bleep that. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you know who he is, John? Or of is he course I know who he thing? is. Okay, see, I, we, I didn't know. I didn't know if he was like that. Like, oh, yeah. No, he's, been, he's been ruining radio all over the world for many years. Well, one okay. of the shows I used to listen to used to uh, regularly destroy him, and uh, so good. that was always fun to listen to. I enjoyed listening to Man Cow get... Uh, oh, wait, I said his name. I'm sorry, Max. I apologize. That's okay. we, no, I mean, the world needs to know that he's a monster. <laughs> I mean, he, he he's the guy who opening oh day... Of, oh my God! Don't I'm, I'm t- don't look. I'm 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 going to just say this here, As John. You in particular, I think, will appreciate this. I could opening, tell this story. Well, <laughs> well, I'm going to. Opening day of Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. The line of people who's been waiting for hours and hours and hours outside of McClure Court and 25 here in years. Chicago. Yes. They're they're all standing in line, mere minutes away from going into the theater to see Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. And Mancow, whose radio station is right down the street, sends out a truck uh, with a guy sticking his, his head out the window with a megaphone reading spoilers from the movie to the crowd. Oh, what an ass. I know. That's the type of guy that he is. People were like, throwing stuff at the car it was crazy that's not even close to the worst thing he did that week well you're probably right you're probably right yes that's just but but it's a good sample of the type of person to think that's funny is just that's just a jerk thing to do it is you know so yeah, I, I've seen him like in person a few times. He whenever like Shatner is in town, he has like for a convention or whatever. He has Mancow introduce him because apparently they're really good friends, and I think wow. it's because of this paintball thing. But regardless, yes, since you bring up the paintball thing, you know that that is interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but that is kind of a natural progression. And I've seen that video, and it's cool. You know, I like it. I wouldn't say cool. I really wouldn't. <laughs> Anything that with William Shatner is great, you know. Well, the, did you ever see Invasion Iowa? No, I didn't watch Invasion Iowa. Did you ever see <laughs> Incubus? <laughs> did you see Incubus? No. Oh, that the only no. movie ever to be shot in Esperanto. I have heard of it. I want to see it. I will see it, but I have not seen it. For, it's it was directed by the guy who created Outer Limits, and you can see it. In Blade Trinity, because apparently you can they were see trying like to thirty seconds of it in Blade Trinity. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I tried to wipe the memory of that movie from my brain. <laughs> shot, shot by Conrad Hall, by the way, the legendary I cinematographer. Was, I was going to point that out, but I didn't care either way. <laughs> okay. Yeah, kidnapping of an American president. Have you seen that one? Nope. Oh. He plays a bodyguard. Okay, look, if you want to like skip a, like one a, of those, a Secret Service skip that agent. one. Skip yeah, that that's one. True. All right. All right. <laughs> Invasion Iowa, though, I think that's pretty great. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay, so <laughs> we're just talking about how awesome William Shatner is. I guess that's the whole point of this thing, right? Yeah, it's an easy thing it's to a, do. It's on topic. Anyway, yeah, but I can see that here in, in terms of, like, the, the natural progression, like you're saying. That's that's pretty interesting. I like that. Um. I really had, well, I I didn't, I'm not going to say I had no interest in dodgeball when it came out, but I had very little interest in dodgeball when it came out. And sort of the way that things worked back then when, uh, like, Max and I were projectionists at at, uh, a movie theater is 
we would end up watching most of the movies, you know, for work. And if there was a movie that we really wanted to see, of course, we would make a big deal out of it. But if there was one which we were sort of on the fence about, um, you know, someone would watch it, whoever happened to be working that day, whatever. And or or if there are multiple movies, whatever. So you know, you split up the work. You don't someone, always get to see these things. Someone got someone screwed movie, every once in a while. Someone doesn't see it. Every once yeah. in a while, somebody watched one of those movies with Rachel McAdams, where she's in love right. with somebody, and uh, they don't get together until the very end. Yeah, and and what would sort of naturally happen is if there's a movie like Dodgeball where you're like, I want to see that, and you miss your chance to see it, you know, the night before. It comes out, you don't, you don't really have it. much motivation to go back and see it with a crowd because it's like, oh, I got to watch that like with everyone else <laughs> or, you know, because it's like it's like, uh, well, I'm at work, you know, and I don't, you know, like, why do I want to go back to work on my day off? But then right. if I'm going to a different theater, it's like I'm paying to see something which I could watch for free. And it's just like one of those things where it falls into this region where it's just like, I know now that I'm never going to see this movie. Sure. You know, and that was just kind of like how it was. I know, it was great. And... <laughs> but... The Alcyon days. <laughs> but... The good old days when I knew I would never see some movies. <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man 2. Never in my life. Ever. <laughs> but... You know, as someone who is projecting these movies, you would, of course, need to look in on them and make sure that they were running properly. And I remember that while I was projecting the movie, I looked in on it at one point, and there I see William Shatner. And I'm like, what, what, what? You know, and and I watched it when it came out on home video, and I thought it was pretty cool. Um, but the the only reason why I watched it was because of William Shatner's performance, and that's what I was waiting for. And uh, that was definitely the most exciting part of the movie for me. And uh, I, I like it. It doesn't. He doesn't reach the the heights of of comedy that he does in, say, Showtime yeah. or anything like that. But his presence and the way that he carries himself, um, sort of tied to his persona, is kind of perfect. And I and I do sort of love like the line that 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 comes earlier in the movie when. Um, they explain how Ben Stiller's team gets involved, and he's like, "I I know I'm friends with the dodgeball chancellor." And then later on, you see that the dodgeball chancellor is William Shatner, and it's like, "Yeah, that makes sense that he'd be friends with him." You know? Yeah, yeah. But um, what about how this movie fits into the rest of the Shatner cinematic universe? I mean, I guess let's take a poll first off. Is he playing William Shatner in this movie? John? Yes. Max? Doesn't matter. Okay. I would say yes, although I've been on the fence, and the thing which I think pushes it over the edge for me is that when you look at the check, the big check, it says underneath the signature, it says Dodgeball Chancellor, but the signature, if you look at it, and and you, you you compare it to what's out there, which I did, it is very similar to a William Shatner signature. There you go. So it looks like he signed his name there. You know, the credits are, are kind of a weird area because everyone else who makes cameos is listed as himself, but he's listed as Dodgeball Chancellor. But then again, it seems like the... Uh, um, not 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 the players, but the administration in the uh, dodgeball world is very much populated by celebrities and actors in particular. You've got David Hasselhoff as a coach. You've got Chuck Norris as a judge. It just makes sense that William Shatner would be the chancellor. And because of that, I'm going to say yes, he is playing himself and because of that it does take place in the Shatner cinematic universe you want to justify it you want to justify it when you reach a certain level in the dodgeball hierarchy they stop calling you by your name and they call you by your title like Mr. President there you go see that works excellent well reasoned uh, what, what about you John you, you said yes definitively what, why is that uh, because it it's him being him it's William Shatner and uh, like I said they never refer to him by another name and there's 
documentary evidence out there that he's willing to do anything for a buck. So it would make perfect sense that he would take this job at a dodgeball uh, association uh, and and be there for the tournament in Vegas. So, therefore, that's my reasoning. It's definitely Shatner. Man, you know, you bring up the tournament in Vegas and everything like that. That that could work for us, too. Like, if we had, you know, like I was saying, we could play Trekmate. But really what we could do is, like, we could have, like, a Trek FM league and there could be a Trekmate league. Yeah. And, like, the commentary Trek stars could, you know, face off against To the Journey. To oh, the Journey. To the Journey. And, to and the you journey. know, like, the winner. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 like, the winner in these di- different divisions, you know, could all then Stop meet. trying to make everything baseball. It's not baseball. <laughs> That's not how it works in baseball. You're dividing it. You've just divided it into two different leagues. No, but that's what they had in uh, in in dodgeball too, right? They had well, regional brackets. things. Yeah, yeah. And then we could all meet in Vegas at the convention mm-hmm. for the finals, right? I yeah. think that would be great. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, we could get Mister Shatner to be the chancellor of this league. Yes, there you go. Now you're now you're thinking. All right, yes. this is this is what we should be doing here. We need to talk to creation. I know they're looking for ideas to make things bigger for the 50th anniversary. They just announced it. It's going to be, you know, in in Vegas in August of of 2016. I think we need to make this happen. I think so. Who wouldn't be in? Are you telling me, is there anyone who would not be in on this? Anyone who would not want to play dodgeball? No, I I think everybody would be in. This would be tremendous fun if we could make that work. Gosh, that would be fun. I think we should do this. I think we should do this. In costume? And then, well, I mean, but that's the thing. Is everyone has their costume? uniforms and everything. Does it have to be a Star Trek costume? Can I be Batman in the Star Trek universe? There is circumstantial evidence that uh, Batman does take place in the Star Trek universe. Excellent. Because uh, if you look at uh, Buck Bokai's baseball card, one of the teams that he played for was the Gotham City Bats. So obviously that is a reference to Batman, but the fact that there is a Gotham City in the Star Trek universe. Done. I'd say it's the same one. Excellent. there you go. Excellent. You just made a little boy's dreams come true there. (laughs) I'm glad I could. (laughs) But it's because of that I've always wanted to get like a 5950 model Batman cap and be like, oh yeah, this is, you know, Star Trek Expanded Universe. It's the Gotham City Bats cap, of course. <laughs> right? Book Book Bokai played for them. Anyway. You want one too, right, Max? Such a great story. I'm so loving this thing about fifty nine fifties and uh baseball in Gotham City. It's fascinating. Yeah. I know. Right. You gotta tell me more anyway. about the fifty nine fifty baseball teams. Okay, okay, Max. So you say that it doesn't matter whether or not he's playing himself. Why is that? Um, because we use like differentiation to differentiate things. If there's a lack of differentiation, then that indicates sameness. So if you don't have a name for a character, that character is the person playing the character. Okay. I guess it could be. Because he's a person and he's playing a character that doesn't have a name, like obviously the the indication is that he's playing himself or a person who doesn't have uh, sufficient differentiation to be an individual. In that case, you default back to the presence of the person playing the role and you don't get William Shatner to play a character without differentiating, differentiating qualities without essentially casting William Shatner in the role as himself. You're expecting him to bring something to the character that is more than dodgeball chancellery. Okay. So it doesn't matter if anyone on set decided that he was playing himself. He is, by default, playing himself. All right. Okay. So if we're all in agreement that one way or another he's playing himself, uh, how do we feel about this movie fitting into the Shatner cinematic universe if it is a cohesive whole um Max where do where do you see this fitting in how do you see it fitting in well I've already stated that I don't approve of the notion of it being a cohesive whole 
I don't think okay. that's a legitimate construct. I think that by by nature of this concept, you have to admit that there is no completion to this universe. It incorporates our own. It incorporates fictional universes. You cannot say that it's a cohesive whole. Okay. So it fits as well as anything else does. It fits just as well as anything that happens on TV. Okay. All right. What about you, John? What do you think? Yeah. You know, uh, if it's him playing, I mean, so far, the way I define the Shatner cinematic universe is anything where Shatner is playing himself. And uh, if you want to get more technical, he, he straddles dimensions and we see glimpses into these alternate timelines that he inhabits, but it's still him. Okay. All right. That's fair enough. I guess I think of it in more sort of a literal fashion where it's like last we saw him, he was directing, you know, Robert De Niro and Eddie Murphy uh, in at least a commercial in Showtime. And it's like, well, how is he now the dodgeball chancellor? But I think that if you if you look at the way that the character is established in Free Enterprise, he really does have that sort of thing going where he's trying everything. He's doing what, you know, John, you were talking about him doing in real life, which is, you know, not necessarily doing anything for a buck, but not allowing himself to be pigeonholed into just one thing you know he is a writer and a director and an actor and he's also you know as we've established in free enterprise he's a rapper here we're establishing that he's a dodgeball chancellor in the next movie we're going to establish that he's uh what like a a seller of secrets or something like that i guess we'll find out i forget exactly how that works a what Late onset ADD. Okay, because he was right. like what sixty when it kicked in, and it's 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 pretty serious. He does everything. It's a little weird, but but you know, more power to him. Why not? You know, well, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's an indicator that he has a, has an inability to focus on one task at a time. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah. I mean, there's even that that whole bit in Free Enterprise where he comes in wearing like the aviator outfit. And they're like, you know, where'd you come? And he's like, I just flew in or I just beamed in. I forget what he says. Maybe he had been influenced, actually, by studying film in preparation to become the dodgeball chancellor. Because uh, Rip Torn's character is wearing that aviator jacket. Maybe he'd been influenced. Yeah, why not? There you go. It works. You know, so so I think this does work. I think that it's it's probably the most tangential of all of the entries but I, I still think that it does work, and I'm excited to see where it goes from here, which, actually, come to think about it, the next one is a prequel. So Yes. So, yeah. Um, in terms of the timeline, this is the last entry, chronologically, in the Shatner Cinematic Universe. So It doesn't matter if it's a prequel. He can travel through time. That's right. Maybe, maybe he's kind of like like the wolf in uh, in the Tarantino universes. Or maybe he's kind of like Captain Kirk in that he can travel through time. Okay. Maybe he's like uh, Quantum Shatner. Yeah, he just jumps Quantum through. Shatner. I like it. He's like sent it. to places where he needs to fix things. He's stealing Archer's bit. Even Archer can't. <laughs> um, you don't know that for sure. I guess not. I guess not. That whole show's continuity's all screwed up, man. I guess so. You're right. All right. So, uh, John, any final thoughts on on Dodgeball? I think it's hysterical, and I think if somebody hasn't seen it, they should just go ahead and uh, and sample it. I think you'll get a good laugh out of it. All right. And Max? Um, I think it is totally watchable. I'm, I'm kind of with Max on that. I think it's totally watchable as well. Um... I, I thought it was very amusing the first time I saw it. I thought it was semi-amusing this time. Um, there's a lot of things in there which are, are worth taking a look at. You're not going to regret you them, it. You're not going to regret no, watching Dodge. It's not like a movie where you're like, oh, that was terrible. I mean, even if you think it's incredibly stupid, you still come there's away still, like, that was no, there's good stuff in there. Yeah, right. That's the thing. You put it all together, may not work tremendously well, but there's certainly little beats here and there which are great. And, hey, you know, lots of little um, Star Trek uh, 
not nods, but uh, you know, history and and tangential things in there. And that Ben Stiller is a huge Star Trek fan. It's Justin Long produced... is there. Justin Long and Missy Pyle. Yeah, uh, both of them. Um, it's you know, uh, Ben Stiller's production company is even Red Hour Films, named after, of course, uh, Return of the Archons. He's a huge Star Trek fan. In fact, apparently. He's got a, like a vault in his basement, which is just filled with Star Trek actors bones, <laughs> holy <laughs> relics. When when uh, Leonard Nimoy died, uh, he started tweeting things. Where about, can like, I get his wa- bones? <laughs> <laughs> no, That's the but, reason but, it was at the secret location is they wanted to keep his body away from Ben Stiller. <laughs> I've got this Genesis re- Planet project. It's a big deal. <laughs> it's in my basement. Yeah, I've been working yeah. on Mark Lennard for several years. It's coming together. <laughs> it's it's almost there. I'm pretty sure I saw him smile the other day. <laughs> but he he did like post a bunch of stuff about Nimoy uh, when when Nimoy died, and he even had a picture of uh, Spock's ears in a glass case. Um, Next to his bones in his in his basement, yeah. And there was like a weird, random, like Gorn action figure in the background. So, so yeah, he's got DeForest Kelly's um, bones. It's labeled bones. Yes, bones. Yes, <laughs> just waiting for that one. Very straightforward. Surprised, surprised it took so long to get there. Honestly, I was waiting but, to get there organically. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, so yeah, dodgeball. Go see it. Why not? Go see okay. it? Where are you going to go? You know, they'll do a midnight show somewhere here or there. You never know. Really? Put your yeah, iPad on the other side of the room and watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Walk to there it. There you go. <laughs> All right. So, shifting gears a little bit here. Um, we lost another big member of the Star Trek family last week. This actually happened before Nimoy passed away. I I think it might have actually been the same day as Maurice Hurley, but Harve Bennett died. Um, For those people who aren't familiar, Harve Bennett is, of course, the producer of um, Star Trek 2 through 5. The best and the worst of the whole series. Don't start... Well, yeah, okay, 3, yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm of the opinion that Star Trek 3 on its own is very good, but it's... Bad taints it taints too so but anyway harv bennett you know he he uh, really did have a hand in revitalizing star trek and uh he's really the guy who put together star trek 2 um certainly pushing it in the direction that it, it ended up going in even if he wasn't uh necessarily the hands-on guy throughout but he wrote the original script which was much different from the first one and everything uh, Star Trek Three, he had even uh, more of a hand in that he wrote it himself, and in Star Trek Four, he co-wrote that movie with uh, Nicholas Meyer, with Meyer writing the 1986 stuff and Bennett writing the 2286 stuff, or whenever that movie takes place. Yeah, Harv Bennett um, basically did all the writing in Star Trek Four because Nicholas Meyer just did a find and replace on his previous script. Yep. <laughs> This is true. Um, and then he also produced Star Trek V and co-wrote the story on that one. And he even appears in it as the Admiral, who's like, well, I see we're being rather informal these days. Um, but he's done a lot of other stuff, particularly in television. He was the producer of The Six Million Dollar Man and The Bionic Woman. He produced a number of um, television movies, many of which won Emmys and stuff. And he created a number of uh, television shows, including The Mod Squad, Time Tracks, uh, The Invisible Man, and uh, Invasion America. And, um, yeah, we just thought that, that we should definitely mention him because he's a huge piece in the Star Trek puzzle and we will be uh, covering him in depth uh, in the not too distant future as well. So, uh, so yeah, Harv Bennett, he will be missed. He will rest in peace. Well, it's been fun talking about dodgeball today, but this isn't the only thing we've been talking about here on Trek FM this past week. So here's a quick look at some other things you may have missed elsewhere on the network. 
Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. And celebrate his life and celebrate his work and his talent and his integrity. And, and if you get a tear in the eye, that's okay. That's, that's, he would approve, Spock would approve. And, um, you know, he'd say, you humans, why do you feel you need to do this? But, but he would approve. Earl Grey. Like, I'm expecting Ricardo Martavon to, like, walk around the corner and be like, Captain Picard, welcome. This is Rise of Five. The shuttlecraft, the shuttlecraft. The orb. Usually you want to be able to capture it or isolate one, but you, you can't do that either because it just keeps, you know, so really does seem like a conundrum of, okay, how do we take this down? You know, this minefield, they are the tribbles of war. To the journey! One guy's like, why don't we just write better stories for Wesley? And then the lead writer's like, you out now! <laughs> the ready room. Riker's all pissed because he can't prop his leg up with no gravity. <laughs> he tries, though. He tries. He's trying. I can, I can picture it. He's Put got the momentum makes him somersault. Which really just makes yeah, him look spread eagle. Twirl- going in circles. He's spinning. <laughs> Commentary, Trek stars. It's also the end of a character and a thing that is really about how uh, death is just a part of life. And that while there's an end, it doesn't mean that it's the end. Literary Treks. Well, actually, it started out life as a comic book pitch. I originally came up with it to pitch to Wildstorm back when they uh, had the comics license. The idea was it would be a one-year series that would run throughout the 12 calendar months of 2001, which was the 35th anniversary of Star Trek. The 602 Club. Sometimes that just works better because you can create and craft a, a story that's very compelling because you're not having to worry about what's happened to other places. Okay, we have to make sure this is going to connect to this, and my guess is somehow Agent Carter is going to have something to do with uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. later on, and maybe something that happens in Age Voltron. Warp 5. In the history of Axanar, Alec Peters and Christian Gossett wrote a section of the history dealing with the Arcanus campaign. And in the Arcanus campaign, a majority of Starfleet ships were destroyed. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out these shows and find out what we're talking about in your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button. That helps us out greatly and makes it easier for other listeners to find the show as they search iTunes. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and of course you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website and grab the RSS link as well. Another way that you can help us keep all of our shows coming to you each week is to become a patron of the network on Patreon. If you visit patreon.com slash trekfm, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm, you'll find our current goals and different milestone contribution levels along with all the great perks we have for you. These perks include early access to content, exclusive content, producer credits, seats on our content development team, and more. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. If you want to contact us, you can find us on uh, trek.fm. Just go to trek.fm slash contact. You can leave us a voicemail. Just look on the sidebar of the show page or go to speakpipe.com slash trekfm. No one sends us uh, voicemails, except for um, Gene. So, come on, guys, get on that. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at TrekFM, Facebook at Facebook.com slash TrekFM, where you will also find the Babel Conference, which is our sort of uh, Facebook group forum thing, discussion group. There's a, a lot of discussion going on there. Just type in the Babel Conference in uh, in facebook and then they'll pop up that's b-a-b-e-l and uh yeah check that out before we go we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor who helps us bring commentary trek stars and all of our shows to you each week and our sponsor for this show is audible.com audible is a great way for you to read all of the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have the time for books like star trek movie memories by william shatner or Up Till Now, or Dark Victory. 
Yeah. Well, we talked about up till now already, right? We talk about Dark Victory. Um, I don't. I'm not sure that we did. Do you want to read the description of that one? Oh, I don't have it on me. I just remember looking that up last oh, time okay. we were doing this. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's talk about Star Trek movie memories. Um, the sequel to the best-selling Star Trek Memories, documenting in deliciously lurid and candid detail all the behind-the-scenes shenanigans in the making of the six Star Trek movies, with on-the-scene reporting from the set of the seventh in which Kirk dies. And, of course, there's a lot of stuff about Harv Bennett in there as well. I should also note that um, on Monday, if you check out Standard Orbit, uh, you can find an episode that we did all about Harv Bennett where we talked to John Tenuto, who knows more about Star Trek II than probably anyone else on the planet, and he gives us a lot of uh, inside info on what exactly it was that Harv Bennett did uh, during his time on Star Trek. So be sure to go over there and check that out on Monday. Dark Victory is set in the Bear Universe. Excellent. Well, let's talk about that next week. Neat. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Commentary, Trek Stars, and the network. All right. So, John, where can people find you? <laughs> I am Kessel Junkie on Twitter. And also uh, Thursdays appearing on a show called Words with Nerds with my friend Craig. Excellent. And Max, still haven't uh, unlocked that uh, Twitter account for public consumption? Well, if I do and people go on to my Twitter account, they will read random ramblings of me literally just filling space in a text field in order to test Twitter output using other applications. But couldn't you like do both of those things? No, that's not that's not a thing. I can only do one thing at a time. I'm not William Shatner. Okay, all right. Well, you can find me on Twitter at mumbles3k, and you can find all of us on Twitter at comtrackstars. You can also email us all at comtrackstars at gmail dot com. And in addition to standard orbit here on Trek FM, you can find me along with Max and our friend Brandon on CommentaryTrackStars.com, where we do Commentary Trackstars off-topic. We might need to get him on this show in order to have him come in as a ringer for our dodgeball victories. I would definitely want him... Uh, We're going to need to get him in the show in order to justify his presence. He's been yeah. on the show before. But we can't do it like if he's just been on once. Okay, all right. Well, we'll get him on so that we can have him as a dodgeball competitor the, the dude plays rugby you know yes we, oh, we need yeah. him we, oh, yeah, we, we need it. him yeah. to essentially save our team yes yes, yes. Yeah. we'll talk to him he's our that. boy on the girls soccer team there you go there you go because we are the girls of dodgeball yes we are <laughs> all right well that's about it for dodgeball we will be back next week with the final movie in the Shatner Cinematic Universe, Fanboys.